Ugh. Debbie Gibson or Heim, you decide. <laughs> you decide. Put me up, Kevin. Huh? Put me up. <laughs> <laughs> What is that noise? <laughs> what, what is that? I don't know. <laughs> I want that. I think that's like a riding crop hitting a horse's ass or something right there. <laughs> we gotta go talk to the people of Barbarian Sound Studio, figure out how they made it. I just want that sound. It happens here, and it finishes here. Episode 32 of Chunky Glasses, the podcast. We are back in the rock basement. <laughs> and apparently, according to Andre, it is nice. It's nice. It's always nice. Uh, we are here with Andre as usual. What's happening? Uh, the intern couldn't make it tonight, so in her place we have Paul. Paul! Woo! How's yeah. it going? <laughs> Doing uh, good. Yeah. Um, so if you have not listened to this before, this is the podcast is Fueled by Beer and Cats. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> And My part of the podcast is not fueled by cats. Yeah, yeah. it's probably not fueled by cats. Uh, no, it's where we uh, we sit around, we uh, talk about music, and hopefully, like, say something smart about it. Uh, in thirty-two episodes, I'm not sure we have yet. Yeah, um, we'll figure it out one of these. Times. Uh, th- yeah, yeah. This week, we got a, got a lot to talk about. Normally, uh, we have a little news section, um, and we're going to skip that, except for the fact uh, we're, we're not going to skip the Prince of the Dick section because you know why Prince is a dick? What? Yeah. <laughs> At a concert at his house. That's right. This week at his house this weekend and did not invite us. Yeah. Did he make pancakes? Yeah. <laughs> I think he's a waffle man. No, yeah. no. I, I think he did make pancakes. Actually, people said fifty dollars ticket to get into Prince's house. Am- amazingly or not, I don't understand. Like the metric is weird. Two thousand people showed up. What? I I, <laughs> I don't if he fit. Two thousand people in his house. Well, it's it's Paisley Park Studios, that's, that's so true, it's not necessarily technically south, but only two thousand or two thousand. Which side? Which side do you fall on, Paul? I'm, I'm shocked it was only two thousand. Right, right. If somebody's like, go, that's true. Listen yeah. to a Prince concert at Prince's house. It's only fifty bucks. You'd think that people would be breaking down the gate like they were for the Jay Z Kanye Sh- show. Should I? We're like, we're like, get in the car, motherfucker. Let's yeah. go. I mean, it was yeah, but. Uh, sort of glad we didn't go because apparently he didn't play much. He left a like heavy lifting up to his band. The uh, reports of uh, Purple Rain guitar solo, which is you know one of the most definitive guitar solos in music history, replaced with a saxophone, which you know artistic license. But <laughs> Prince, you're not a dick, but you should have invited us, yeah. anyways. Uh, <laughs> but uh, what we are going to move on into is a new segment. Uh, in light of the recent uh, Haim, Haim, yeah. whatever, however whatever, you want to say, it. Yeah. I do believe it. it's Haim. Okay. Yeah, there's been a, there's been an explosion yeah. of uh, <laughs> music journalism fuckery, basically. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to talk about that in a new song we call "Get Off My Lawn." Welcome to get off my lawn, gentlemen. 
today we are talking about like a real crisis in uh, sort of honestly what we do, uh, what some people do for money, which is sort of sad uh, in my eyes. Yeah, uh, there's a band from Los Angeles called H A I M. Spell it however you want. Yeah. Uh, I prefer Haim versus Feldman, but you know. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> an easy joke. Wow. Um, Kevin dates himself for the first time. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. not going to be the last time in this one. Jeez. Um, Lost so, boys are licensed to drive. Yeah. That's not, wait, wait. That's is, not that, is that even a question? <laughs> no, that's not a question. No, it's, it's Lost Boys all the way. I mean, yeah. holy shit. Um, so if. I was going to say, if you don't know, it's impossible that you don't know. Um, This trio of young musicians from Los Angeles has burst onto the scene, and it is the only thing anybody has been able to write about in the past uh, two weeks. Honestly, in the past like year, uh, starting with some performances of South by Southwest, uh, people were just blown away by the, I don't know, rock-tastiness of their performance. The album came out on Tuesday. Uh, to not just a uh, 8.3 like best new music on Pitchfork, which yeah, is not that good. That's actually yeah. a pretty that's a pretty standard hype band uh, yeah, yeah. review, right? Review. There. Uh, yeah, but like multiple think pieces. There's a huge one on Stereogum, a huge one on uh, Grantland, which we're going to talk about. Uh, but it the, the gist of all of it is that like this is the death knell of indie rock. Uh, Hold on, I want to I want to clarify yeah. right there. It's not indie rock; it's indie pop. They're talking about that's it. Haydn says indie pop. Uh, well, I mean, no, Haydn says indie rock's tuneful death rattle. In there, he clarifies that he's talking about about indie okay. pop later. Okay, right? Yeah, but deep in the article. Yeah. Deep, deep in the article. Yeah. But that's the headline. The headline is, that's and, true. And, and, and that's sort of the point. It's like this is a headline band. I mean, there is. Um, People are making this band out to be like not it's not the saviors and destructors of like everything we know about music and what we write about. Uh, and the fact of the matter is, is like that they sort of sound like Debbie Gibson. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, before we really get into it, let's hear uh, one of the songs or part of one of the songs. So that is Haim's Falling, um, which uh, Dungeness did better earlier this year. Um, (laughs) So, uh, I mean, let's let's dive into this. Like, this is 80s revisionist pop. Um, I don't even know revisionist. It's good. I mean, for, for 1987, 86 and stuff. Why are we talking about this, Paul? Um, I think we're talking about it because people like to see that every so often, and I know that that sounds simplistic, but the gist of the two articles we're talking about and a lot of the other pieces, taking out the, you know, death of indie pop bombast right there, is that these are, it's a very polished pop sound that that every so often people want to revisit and they don't want to go pull out their old records and when they see something that sounds like something that they liked before there's a lot of like late 80s Fleetwood Mac comps being thrown around which is is offensive because that's like I mean it's like you know all women sound alike like it's not I you know I don't I don't hear it but I understand where folks are coming from on it Um, it just Sounds like it could have been on. Uh, if John Hughes was still alive, it would have been on the soundtrack. Ooh, too. It yeah. would have been That's on every soundtrack. Yeah. It, yeah. And it was on. And, and I've gone on record as saying this before, but I'm a huge fan of rom coms, and it is on every soundtrack. Like this song, like most of the songs on this album, 
end the movie. And, yeah, and that's and that's the thing is it's it's it, but, if for people who like that sound and you got to think like a lot of you know a lot of critics grew up on that sound right now, right, sure, right, sure. right, and so hearing that pop back up with well with, with everything else that's going on right now, Chill Wave and EDM and all the other crap. Actually, I don't think a lot of critics there, so. or the critics that are talking about this grew up on this sound. I think a lot of critics think that that was cool because what we're talking about is like millennial critics. Oh, well, okay. not really. Haydn is well, older. Haydn's right. older. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Haydn, you should have read Haydn's piece on the replacements. Yeah, yeah. But even Haydn said this is a near perfect fusion of classic songwriting chops and canny production techniques, drawing widely from seemingly incongruous influences with Sarmin East. There's none of that is true. And this, like, they're drawing from the simple pop formula of, like, Push bubblegum down your throat, and you will like it. And it works. You know, as, as an album, this is, like, it's yeah, it it's completely it digestible. Yeah. I mean, it's it's something you do. But, like, my problem with is... Well, it's not a, an album. I'm, I'm sorry. No, it's I'm, all right. I'm not going to do my whole rant right here, but this is a collection of singles. It's really? Not oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So, I mean... That, but that's they all of, work together because it's pop music. That's you know? sort of, it's fine. That sort yeah. of pushed and, me to the point. I mean, later on later on in his article, like, he uh, compares it to The Pretenders, uh, okay. like, tangentially to Sheryl Crow... Uh, and then finally, like uh, Tom Petty, there, I, I it, found it interesting that Cheryl Crow was supposed to be a compliment. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there's there's not there's not a band that isn't name checked in this because like everybody is like dying to find something to say about something that's very simple to say. This is like good eighties pop. Yeah, um, and it's a weird thing like that's been going on uh, building to a mass this year, and I think. With Haim or Haim, whichever you want, uh, it's finally sort of blown up in that, like, what the fuck is everybody talking about? Well, yeah, that's that's more of what, you know, I think you want to talk about. Yeah, because, like... Not I so mean, much that... So, I mean, if, even, doing the the re- even doing the research, like, Richard Marks is... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, no, he was, he was yeah. the guy guiding their early career. Rich, Richard Marks. What do Mar- you expect this to sound like? Yeah, yeah. I guess we just listened to Michael Bolton's we first did album. Just, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why? Why? Did why you put that on record? I don't Let's. know. You know. <laughs> hey, you know. Because this reminded me of it. Yeah. Um. I guess I want to separate that, separate out the talk about the individual album from the question of yeah how I think it's we're more talking a, about albums right here. And I think that a lot of this goes back to some stuff that we've talked about before with the way that music is digested and researched these days. Any more than any other period, any sound you want, you can create. If you want to become an expert in a particular area of music, you can do that fairly quickly these days because that's of the true, technology yeah, that's yeah. at hand. And so I think the thing is that everything that comes out pretty much sounds like something else. Absolutely, and more yeah. and more people than ever are able to understand that because we all have, you know, 100,000 song iPod libraries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you can and just quickly flip through and, and- – even audio and Spotify are telling you you should like these bands, right? And know? and even if you're not getting it off of that, it takes you 15 seconds on Wikipedia to get a yeah. list of you know every band that influenced every band. That's it's true. Not, yeah, yeah, where you didn't have that before. Yeah, it's it's not difficult to pick that stuff up. So I think it is difficult for folks who write about this professionally to find new things to say. It's not sure. to ex- it's not to excuse it, but. I think we notice it more because there's a greater, faster level of music expertise. Mm, and yeah, I think yeah. that you get these yeah. kind of music hot takes, which is something I'm borrowing from sports references where okay, people like yeah. to try to fuel the 24-hour sports news cycle. It's always like, let's blow this up into some, something massive, into, into something even though massive it's not that's really not there. Yeah. It, it, it's honestly, it's that's wider a, spread yeah. than music. It's a, it, it's a feature of... The 24-hour information cycle and the ease uh, of yeah, access yeah, yeah. and the need for new content on the internet. Oh, that's a that's a really good reflection on it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and, and that is... Uh, there has to be something to talk about, so what's make something I, to yeah, talk I, about? Yeah, look at us. Almost. We're talking about the people talking about it. Exactly. No, we, we, we are. <laughs> that, getting that, 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 was, that was actually the point of, uh, of doing this. Brain. I mean, it's like... To quote, uh, to quote the great prophet Bono yeah. uh, on the fly, like, yeah. every artist is a cannibal, every poet is a thief. I mean, yeah. that applies across the board. Sure. And so what we're doing, like, further on in this article, and, and, and I'm sorry that I'm uh, picking on this article, but 
Uh, it says, Haim is also a powerful idea, particularly for the music press. And goes on to say, critics would have had to invent them. What? <laughs> in, like, so if if you're acknowledging this, yeah. like, and, and this is what every, th- every piece on them is about. If you're acknowledging this, then what the fuck are we writing about? I get yeah. that there's I get that there's nothing really spectacular to talk about these days because uh, there isn't. Um, it, it, you know, 2013 sort of been a bummer, uh, yeah. but there's been some good stuff. Let's there's not been some good. Part. There's yeah. been nothing great. Yeah, except acid rap. Uh, we'll get yeah. that. <laughs> uh, and Daft Punk and Janelle Monae yeah. and fucking Waxahachie. Well. <laughs> Now you've gone off the rails, sir. I think there's this band called The Outfield. Yeah, I think there is. That's put an album out this year. We're going to talk about them later. Um, but. but yeah, I mean, when I mean, and, and like this is like Haim might resemble or Haim might resemble a traditional band, but they don't always sound or act like one. Like we're putting like platitudes upon platitudes upon platitudes of things you think sound cool in 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 criticism and what you're saying about, and it's it's just to like. I don't know. I don't know what it's for. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, look. The interesting thing, and you know, and, and we're sitting here talking about Haydn's article, and I know we've all read a lot of his stuff, yeah. uh, and yeah. I, I, I've I've been reading him for a long time, and I think that the line that you pointed out about critics having to invent him, yeah, invent, invent this right here, it actually shows what his perspective is right here, because he he thinks I think really deeply. About music and about music criticism, absolutely. Absolutely. and what he's and what he's saying here is absolutely right. But that he it's wasted mo- it, four thousand words on this. No, but it's because it, the thing is, he actually he likes the album, and that, yeah. that's where we differ. That's why I'm saying separate the so, album from the way that we're talking about yeah, it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He absolutely. likes he likes the album, and so he found a hook to talk not just about what people right. want to, uh, right, about right, this storyline, right, right. but to talk about how that storyline came to be. And a lot of folks are just talking about the storyline that they were waiting for and it happens every so often it's like when uh, to, to dig way back and you know show my age moderately though not as much as you did earlier oh we're going um, to show my age yeah. this, uh, <laughs> r- remember when uh, when Radiohead was going to quote unquote save rock and roll with Kid A and then mm-hmm. they throw the through the curveball right yeah. there yeah and that's Every so often that needs to, that that comes up when something gets played out and the critics go like I'm tired of talking about the same thing over and over again. It's like they've got a story and they're waiting for a band to latch on to to tell. The but story. that story is making this band's career, and they're not they're not they're they're making like acceptably good soundtrack music, but they're not making good music. I mean, let's be clear about that. I actually in, uh, can listen to the album because this is the shit that we. I, should have queued up to pal. Yeah, <laughs> this, is, this is the shit that I woke up to every morning. We were talking about this about mm-hmm. uh, Janelle Monet. Yeah, um, but there is nothing beyond that to think about. Nothing like there. Every story is about their personality. Every story is about their like path to this. Every story is about every single thing except the music because I think what nobody can bring themselves to talk about is like yeah, it's generic music look you know. I, I agree on that part I don't like this music like it sounds like I, you actually like it and, no I, and I, I, I can I, I, I will actually put it on yeah I, I don't like I think it's 80s synth pop very much no no so. but you have a function watch of pop. Streets of Fire You'll yeah, love okay, it all. Whatever. <laughs> but, but that's also part of what, what the, the one part of this article that bugged me was when he lumped them together with churches. And I was like, yeah, yeah. churches is doing something different. No, so. actually, actually, I don't think they are. I think churches is the same story. I think churches, churches sounds like the Sundays, but they don't put enough commitment into it. Mm. And whoa, it, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I don't want to get off on a churches thing here, but don't question <laughs> yeah, yeah. the commitment right there. Churches yeah, oh, like, okay. is all in on this. Well, right here. Um, the end result doesn't show a commitment. I think that yeah. album's great. Yeah. That's one of the best it's enjoyable. Of the so, how do you like that? And not, not this one. I think the sound is different. Okay, I can see why people like they're using some of the same elements. But I think you know, and the, and again, this is all this all comes down to personal perception. But there's more of an edge to churches. Sure. And look, they play them on the same radio station, and I love it when churches comes on, and I change the station when Heim comes on. So whatever, it, yeah. <laughs> they tickle different parts of my uh, my brain. I guess. Sure. 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 And I guess, like, uh, actually, the the weirdest part of this is that, like, 
you know, it's on Pitchfork. It's all this. It's all indie thing, and uh, and everybody knows rock and roll's fashion and indie is fashion and whatnot. But yeah, like it's, they're it's a, they're on a major label. Mm-hmm. This isn't a small band. This isn't. Who like, are they with? I believe they're with Columbia. Oh, they're cool. okay. Yeah, yeah. And but I mean, indie rock is very fashionable right now. I mean, it well, like, it it is the it, it yeah it's probably it, it is a thing, but it is like. You have to look. I mean, and, and I get sort of the gist of Haydn's uh, article, and and I and his is one of the more intelligent articles uh, about it. But like, at some point, you got you just got to cut out and just say we're not actually talking about indie pop. Like, there's nothing indie about it. Yeah, but that, that's what he says. No, he no, he doesn't. Yeah, I was no, going to ask no, what's, the, what's the function of the article no, there. The, the whole Especially, the whole yeah, thesis of the article is that this is in New York's death knell, and that this is how it is. Well, there's it, a line in there, and you've got it highlighted in front of you, and I don't have it in front of me. But there's a line in there where he says something to the effect of, "This, you know, people want to call it indie pop, but this is just pop." Well, yeah, no, this he, is modern no, no, pop he, music. He, he, yeah, he, that's he what this is, and, that, and that's what he's saying. He, can, he yeah, says, mo- and and the death knell of indie rock thing is tongue in cheek. If you look at the footnote where he says like previous death knells of indie rock of, of indie, but the, I, don't, I don't think those are tongue in cheek because things. because people who are really into rock saw like Arcade Fire, which is one of the footnotes, like winning the Grammy is like that's a death knell. It's like no, not really. It just look. I think that that a function of what we were talking about earlier is that it's difficult to attach these it's always been difficult to attach labels but it's harder than ever these days because as soon as you attach a label to something an exception to the rule occurs Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. the label gets co-opted when you talk about indie right now indie's never been a good descriptor I mean I mean Modest Mouse came up indie and then they signed to a major label and they're still being talked about as indie and that's the first that's the first descriptor that somebody comes up with when you ask like what's Modest Mouse oh they're kind of indie rock major label for 15 years at this point you know it's yeah Kind of a sound, but now that's that's even that's even described. When I think when I think of indie pop, I think of architecture in Helsinki. I don't think of this. Mm. This Uh, is just pop. Yeah, Yeah, this is this is modern pop music. This is what it's modern pop music. It it is. uh, and, and it because there's nothing weird about it, and that's and that's a loose descriptor too. But like indie pop is supposed to be something where it's like it's a pop sound, but it's twisted, and this is just a pop sound. Yeah. But why can't like, like we as the media, and I'm including we very tangentially, yeah. <laughs> uh, why why can't we accept that this is not has nothing to do with that? That this this is like this the weird brand over here that is you know quote unquote indie pop as opposed to like what is like indie or alternative or like I mean there's lots of good music being made like independently I mean we hear a lot of it mm-hmm. sure sure um, and and we try to get it out and and this has nothing to do with that but these media outlets that are so intent on like I mean is it all just the brand now like everybody's tied in but that's that's how it is in in all media I mean it's the same as something dis- distributed by the Weinstein Company being called an indie movie. It might have been made independently or semi-independently, right. but once it gets the awards churn behind it, that's then it's all over right there. Fox Searchlight puts something out, and people are t- and people talk about it as a small movie. I'm like, no, you've got yeah. Fox yeah. behind you when you're doing that. That's not the same as Andrew Bajalski going out and making computer chess. It's right, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. right, yeah. right, right. And I think that's the same. Th- that's the same thing with music: is that there's indie, the descriptor, and there's music being made independently. Yeah. And and I, and I think my point in talking about all this is like it was not actually to review Heim, uh, which I guess we sort of did, but yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, to just bring that up is that like, like what are you going to talk about? Like what do you like? For me, like, what's more interesting is the person who's, like, maybe not... It's, it's not perfect. It might sound like shit. Like, it's coming out. And it's always thrilling when it works. But there are people, like, out there, like, making good music. Yeah. Not great music. Good music. That are struggling in 
like to fit into this sort of brand and fit into this thing that they think is going on. Mm-hmm. And indie pop is the worst segment of it because all of it sucks. I mean, I will say that. I mean, all of it is just like, if if you send an email like out and says, I am indie pop, like, I, it's, it's like hateful to your ears. But, but I, I 99%, 99%. But, um, but yeah, but I, but I feel like it, it just it it just this whole the Heim thing just sort of like tweaked me a little bit and said yeah, yeah what, you guys can you find something better to talk about? Well, I mean that's the thing is that I think we're tweaked by Heim because you know you I, I think you like it as soundtrack music. I don't like it. If you like an album, you notice these storylines a little bit less. Like we have enjoyed plenty of albums. That yeah, have or if you're not a music blogger, like you, yeah, 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 or if you're not you, listening you, to a bunch you, yeah. of different things and saying like, yeah, there's a hundred yeah, albums. If, if, that if you don't think about it, you'd just be like, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and I guess that's where I come down to is, is I don't notice these articles as much when it's an album that mm. I enjoy. I'll be like, oh yeah, fuck yeah, this is the new zeitgeist right here. I will yeah. go along with what you're saying. It's when you're like, I know you do. It's like, wait, <laughs> it's when you hear something where you're like, this is not actually good and you mm-hmm. disagree with that fundamental position that you don't that you then right. start questioning where they're right. coming from but that happens with that happens with everything and they're just it, it's like any anything else you're tr- you're creating storylines so you can churn your articles and yeah, keep no, fueling no, no, the content no, no. demand yeah, yeah. sort of a sad state i mean once a band gets to the point where they're having BuzzFeed listicles made about them like Heim has, then you know you, you, there's L- not much more to say. Listicle is the new. We need a Groucho thing. <laughs> <laughs> listicle. Yeah, I mean it. It. it yeah, it is. Like when, once the band no substitutions, are, uh, exchanges, or refunds. <laughs> well, I mean, once that happens, yeah, you're right. I mean, it is like part of the like it. It pushes out of like the like intellectual like I'm discovering stuff. Blah blah. blah to just like it's there. Yeah. It's it's all I mean, and all of it is out there. But there's still stuff to discover, and I wish like like people would maybe talk about the stuff they should discover more instead of uh, you know that's true. And I, we've probably gone on way too long about this. Yeah. But I think that, and this might be a subject for another time. I think a lot of us these days consume more criticism and commentary about media than we consume actual media, and that's what fuels a lot of this. You can. Yeah. Are, are are you saying we're trolling? Yeah. No, I'm. I'm not saying we're trolling. I'm saying that you probably read more people trolling. Uh, yeah. Than yeah. than you actually listen to albums. Like if you if we spend all of our time and we do listen to a, a lot of music. Yeah. But if we spend all of our time listening to music that we spend reading about it, then we'd probably discover some new stuff. But it's the fact that we, you know, there's this criticism cycle. I do it. I'm in the I'm in the yeah, office, I and yeah, I just yeah. like I I churn these articles, you know, on sure, on sure. all sorts of things. And then I realize, like, wait a second, I've probably read five articles about a movie that I haven't seen yet, yeah, or an album yeah. I haven't heard yet. I've got to actually go Let's out go and actually experience it. Yeah. Uh, next up, a band that we love putting out an album that we don't love. I used to stay down south of town Where the road runs crooked and the lights are down Where the sun is hid by the hills and the trees And the moon runs full whenever it pleases If you took the road up past the bend An old house stood dark as sin It smelled like the devil and a woman's tongue Untouched by the stars, untouched by the sun now the uh, title track from Blitz and Trapper's seventh album, appropriately titled Seven. 
uh, is Feel the Chill. Kicks off with a little hip-hop action. And it does. Which is <laughs> new to the Blitz and Trapper canon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, so, they've tried everything else, I think. At this they point, have so tried everything else. Have, uh, yeah. So th- this album is uh, coming off American Goldwing, which we uh, personally, I think this is in everybody's top five at least, maybe except for yours. Point. Not mine. No. Yeah. yeah. Glad you pointed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. it was a we nice, enjoyed it though. Yeah, it was a nice exploration of AM radio, sort of a culmination, I think, of everything they had done before. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then now they are off Sub Pop. They are a new uh, on a new label. Um, Vagrant and uh, the results are interesting <laughs> to say the to least, say the least yeah. <laughs> um, as a fan of this band I'll say the first time I listened to this album it was sort of surprising because it sounded like a little bit like a band that like really loved Blitz and Trapper yeah. but didn't quite know how Blitz and Trapper worked sure um, yeah. <laughs> which is not really a fair judgment because they know how they work. Yeah. Is my judgment fair that they turned into a drive-by truckers cover band? Well, we'll, 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 we'll get to that. We'll get interesting, to that. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. Uh, no, a similar band that we love. I, I particularly love drive-by truckers. Uh, it's, yeah. Um, yeah, but that, that, that analog is, is actually pretty solid because uh, drive-by truckers uh, about... I, I won't say when Isbell left, but soon after... They turn into this thing where like, holy shit, we can make money. Uh, okay, yeah. And they started, and, and so they write, they wrote to a formula. They always wrote to a formula because that's just how Patterson Hood and Mike Cooley write. But, but they really wrote to a formula, and the results have been diminishing ever since because the more they make it, the more they popularize it. The, the yeah. more tickets they sell, the more people buy the albums, the more fans they get, the more they people love it. Yeah, which is just the way things go. Which is sort of like, uh, like nice little like dovetail into what we were just talking about. It's like people like need if if it's very palatable, like you you can talk about it, you can do something, you know, you don't have to think about it, yeah, and then you can just say stuff. So. Um, for Bust and Trapper this time, like like I said, Pitchfork savaged them on American Goldwing. Oh, okay, which was, yeah. Which is sure. a shame because it was a great album. Yeah, it um, was. Uh, and on this one, they gave it a higher rating than Heim. Did they give this one a higher rating yes, than American Goldwing? This, this is like best new music, I think. Yeah. Was it best new music, Paul? No. I don't know. I, I didn't read the reviews of this yeah. album. Yeah, I just listened to the album and then didn't want to. But this is probably the most, like you said, it's probably the easiest one to put on in terms of Blitz and Trapper. Like especially their old Blitz and Trapper, yeah, especially that. Like if you just put it on and you know people are around, you can listen, you can have play it all the way through. I can see that. The the, the problem is that there's no, there's no personality to it. None of it feels genuine. Yeah, but you don't need the personality these days. You just need. I guess I don't, no, I don't. I do not begrudge any working artist from that. Money. Absolutely not. No. Absolutely. So no, if this, no. if been this been is what gets them to ten move years up, now, yeah, yeah. If this is, gets them moved moved up from the Black Cat to the Nine Thirty Club, then yeah, good on them. You know, they've yeah. been doing this a long time. Yeah, they deserve they deserve to sell some tickets. But I liked Destroyer the Void. You know, that's what I yeah. want from from Blitz and Trapper. Sure. And yeah. they've been moving away from that. Well, and that, and that's the thing. Well, they they actually have. Yeah, they, they've been moving. They've been moving around that. I mean, starting off with like there's songs on here. Uh, I think like uh, Oregon Geography, uh, Nectats and Cadillacs on this album sound like very early Blitz and Trapper, which is uh, honestly, and I haven't discussed it with anybody there. I mean, we we don't really know them. I mean, we have, we've had contact with them. Uh, Bass player like contributed to our October one year, but mm-hmm. um, they sound like a direct response to their review of the Pitchfork review. Because the Pitchfork review is basically some asshole who was who was just like, "Hey, you guys don't sound like you did on album one. Oh, for American like, Goldwing, yeah. And it was yeah. like ten years into your career, go yeah, fuck I, yourself. I would imagine. Like it was, it was, it was, it was abhorrent. Like that, like okay, the, yeah. that the review was terrible. And it was way off base, um, and you know this. A lot of this album sounds like pretty much like they're responding to that, which is unfortunate because yeah. 
they've proven that they can do like a lot better material. Um, but now it seems they've settled on the, the drive-by truckers formula, which is essentially finding the sound. We have that, the Blitz and Trapper formula. Let's do that. Uh, okay, yeah, because um, now people are familiar with that formula. Right, right. The yeah. and actually the the we heard uh, what feel the chill. Or, yeah, that was the opening let's, track from the album. Let's do Shine On, which is yeah. the second track on the album, and to show like where what we're talking about. Yeah, so that is the classic Blitz and Trapper formula. Yeah. Throwing some black uh, background singers, um, yeah. some horns and stuff. But it is... Yeah, the like distorted the, harmonica. It, it, yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah it, kind of it, weird it, sounds yeah, in the back. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and it doesn't work. Yeah. It's sort of a gross song. Yeah. Um, and it's weird that they've, they've gone this way. But, um, I mean, I mean, Paul, like you, just don't like this. Yeah, I... Oop. Yeah, no, I yeah. <laughs> really don't. I really don't like this album at all. But, you, and, but and you're the, a big fan of their earlier stuff. Yeah, I like their earlier stuff, and you know, I, I did not put American Goldling in my top five, but I enjoyed that album, and I thought that there were a handful of songs that were great on it, and the rest of it was was mm-hmm. just fine. This album, I actively dislike, and not because not because the music is necessarily that bad. But because I know that they can do better, and it yeah, seems like yeah. a cop out, and that's that's what gets me is that is you listen to their other stuff, and even though they play around in genres a lot, you know they've they've yeah, moved. They've from, always done that, yeah. Yeah, they've moved from from the hillbilly rock to the Hobbit rock to the seventies mm-hmm. AM. They play around with they play around with a lot of things, but I've always felt like there was something genuine there. This just it it, it feels it, phoned in, yeah. It, it, yeah. Or, or if not phoned in, at least. Um, Manipulative and formulaic. Mm-hmm. Like this is kind of what you, I, I don't know that they were playing to the reviews necessarily. I don't want to necessarily create that narrative, but they were playing to what they think the market wants to hear. Yeah, um, and like I said, don't than, begrudge them making no, the money, but I'm not going to give yeah. them artistic. Props. I mean, I mean sure, here, sure. here's the thing. And as much as I hate the national, I will give them props. Like they just do what they want to do. Yeah, that's they. They don't. They. They don't. Give a fuck. They do not. They they just literally they do what they want to do, and I think it's a lesson. I was actually uh, listening to uh, Josh Home of uh, Queens of the Stone Age oh, yeah. on the Mark Maron's podcast today, and talking about like just that, like like if you don't do what if you don't do what's in your heart and and mean it, like people will tell. People can see it. People yeah. can like people hear can it. They can it, yeah. feel it, and. Uh, and and it definitely you can feel it on this album. You know, this is I, I it's it was sort of there. There was a, a weird so we got American Goldwing, and this is after being like a fan of theirs for years. Remember, this is right, this is right when the site started. Yeah, honestly, yeah, yeah. I remember we got the copy of it. Yeah, we got the copy of it and, and sat on Andre's porch and listened to it. And it was the most exciting thing because it was. It was good. Yeah. It was like, it's all, and it's yeah. like, oh, this is great. The band that we love, and this is coming off of Destroyer of the Void, which you love, which I think we, on that's it, an amazing now album. is their best album. Yeah. Um, but coming off of that uh, and then delivering this, and we were just like, oh, my God, this is something special. Yeah. When I went up to Newport, I remember I was I was listening to it, and I was, people were like, holy shit, like, do you have it? And play him a song. They're like, oh, my God, it's amazing. Yeah. And... There's nothing on this that you can do that with. No, I mean, I'll dig farther back into what I think, you know, we think is one of, if not their best song. Look at Fur. Well, Fur is... It's an amazing song. Fur's outside the band, though. Okay, but but that song is profoundly weird, too. It's not just personal. That is a weird song. There's nothing weird about this album. This album is 
churn out one song, churn out another one that sounds like a variation on the yeah, same song, yeah. repeat ten more times, write check. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't disagree. Yeah. I mean Andre, you love Woodson Trapper. <laughs> I know. How does I know. this make you feel? <laughs> well, I was trying to find the the redeeming points in it, you know, by listening to a few, and I felt like the back quarter kind of started to get there. It's kind of like deer. I, I had a similar feeling I had when we listened to Deer Tick or when we talked about Deer Tick uh, last we're gonna week. We're going to get around to that. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it had a. I had the same emotional response, I guess you would say, when I listened to Negativity by Deer Tick because of you know. But then when I think about it, and I think about somebody. Who, it's almost similar commentary to that. Someone who's never heard Blitz and Trapper before. This is not offensive music in any way. Oh, no, in, no, in any no, way, no, you know, no, no, no. we have this. We all have this reference point of saying, "Oh yeah," compared to Wild Mountain Nation or Fur or Destroyer of yeah. the Void, and we liked how every time they had an album, it jumped almost dramatically. Absolutely. But at this yeah. point, I mean, at this point, they would probably would have just had to make a hip hop record to jump jump <laughs> dramatically at this point. Yeah. Because if you're 10 years in and you're seven albums in and every album you did jumped around so much and you've pretty much done everything. And like, as we said, okay, now we're hearing hip hop on here, you know, and like songs that sound like G Love and Special Sauce, you know, um, you know, and or, or like, Uncle Cracker. Yeah. Uh, actually, that Shine yeah. On song could be an Uncle Cracker song. Sure, and that's yeah. that's that's what's <laughs> that's what's, I don't know, like, I obviously we don't know what's going on behind the scenes but to hear that from mm-hmm. this band that like so far has seemingly had uh just at least an integrity to like you believe that they believe in what they're doing yeah, yeah. is 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 it's sort of sad i mean it's i i will say in in reference to deer tick uh deer tick always had that mo like you okay it's every other album with deer tick like, uh, and, yeah. and honestly, they've never had a good full album. We talked about this. They've never had a good full album um, past War Elephant. That's true. That's true. They've yeah. had good moments, but yeah. but then they've had like albums that are just like... Yeah, and I think it's always harder from a band when they've done but six guys, solid albums. These, yeah, yeah, these where, guys yeah, from yeah, the that's, start. Yeah, that's, I think, that makes it, just, I think, a little harder. And I guess that would be... a in terms of my hard criticism on it, it's probably a byproduct mainly of that, that seven, six albums of just like awesome. And now yeah. it's like, Oh, you know, but am I still going to listen to them and still enjoy it and, oh, and yeah, be excited yeah, yeah. about the next one? Of course. You well, know, speaking of listening, let's listen to thirsty man. And then have a few more comments. I've been driving all night On the road to nowhere With the devil's cornball Like smoke upon my tracks Girl, I hardly knew you But I could never fool you You was always sitting still While the world raced to its grave And when the morning breaks I'll be driving wide awake Cause I've been running so long Can't recall what I seen all these city streets, but I still go out searching for you. Now in the captain's chamber, there's a ball and chain. You can run for a million miles, but you never outrun your name. And when the morning breaks, I'll be driving wide awake. Cause I've been running so long, I can't recall what it means to stay. And all the children say, all the old men say It's better to love and lose Than to gain the world on a string Is I'll let you slip away Like water wrapped in my hands Oh, maybe your love's like rain In the desert to a thirsty man A thirsty man I 
So, so yeah, that is uh, Thirsty Man, uh, and what we were talking about uh, during the break was the trying to figure out what they're going for. And uh, Andre, you had a good point yeah, about I Wild know, Mountain Nation. Well, I mean, if you, I went back and listened to Wild Mountain Nation, and it's a jarring album. I mean, because yeah. it jumps so drastically and dramatically from song to song. Like that's what I was saying. If I put that on, like, say, at my house and we're just hanging out, like, most people would be, like, jarring to them. Where this, I could put this on and it could be in the background and people would be like, oh, what's that? But the thing cool about song, Wild Man you know, Nation, too, is, like, yeah. it's got great songs still. It still has great songs, yeah, yeah. I mean, all the songs individually, you know, but for for a large mass of people, it's it's very yeah, jarring yeah, yeah, experience yeah, yeah, for most, yeah, yeah. you know, no, most if people. You, if you take yeah. the time, dig in, you'll, you'll find a great song. Oh, of course. There's there's not sonically that... that sort of acceptable uh but yeah this is like taking that um and it's uh which it wasn't it wasn't dear tick which album was it recently that it was like the same song over and over and okay over yeah and over. there's a lot of albums well there is yeah. there is but yeah. something, and hopefully i'll figure it out and put it in the shows but yeah this is much like this this is like um Eric Early did uh, for the run up to this like he was doing uh, basically director's commentary on the tracks mm-hmm. when you have to do that it's never a good sign yeah. like you shouldn't explain your songs well and I think that, that th- th- there's one more thing I want to bring up here before we uh, before we go out I, and I think it plays into what you're talking about the director's commentary mm-hmm. and what we were talking about earlier with Haim yeah mm-hmm. um, the title of the album is Seven yeah they haven't done that before no, no. That, this right here is playing into a narrative like you've yeah. got director's commentary on tracks, you've got a sound that's harkening back to their earlier work, you've got a title that lets people know most of whom have never heard of Blitz and Trapper before because well, they've never actually yeah. hit. Like yeah. we're not a new act. We've been around for a long time. So it plays into the working traveling musicians finally make good, yeah. finally hit big narrative, which is what their PR company is gonna sell them on, and it's what's gonna end up hitting the bigger venues. I really honestly think yeah, that consciously or not this was a we've been doing this for a long time it's time to yeah to get a bigger fan base type yeah. album shit or get off the pot yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah that's that's a nicer way to put it but yeah, yeah this is the thing that takes them from the bottom of the festival bill up to like the second or third line right yeah. there yeah yeah, that, and, that, and just, I, that just broke my brain. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just, broke it. Like, but so uh, you know, I'm still rooting for them. You know, yeah, because I, I respect them as a band them. still. You know, and, and I respect yeah. that every band can. You know, they're doing what they're doing. You know, and they've been doing well, it for I a mean, long time. You so. look at six like great albums. Yeah, and then yeah. I mean, one misstep. Hey, it's all right. You it's know. a better track record than most. Exactly. Well, and honestly, it doesn't. It's change. an REM track record. It also, yeah, exactly. it also doesn't change anything that happened before. Like, we, yeah. you're, you know, we've still got the other albums, and hopefully we'll have more good ones in the future. Of course. And if this gives them the, the money and the security to make better music in the future, go back to stuff they've done they've done before, then good on yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So I think going around the circle, I think we know what everybody's going to say. Uh, Paul, what, what would you do with Seven? <laughs> Uh, listen to Destroyer of the Void again. Okay. Yeah. I'll listen to uh, American Goldwing again, I guess. Yep. I'll put it in the... Sh- I'll just do, you know, Blitz and Trapper radio. Wait, are you going to stream it? It will stream as a byproduct of listening to Blitz and Trapper radio. Yeah. Um, I'm actually going to pass. All right. Breaks my heart. All, all right. right. But I'm going to pass. It's all right. It's That's all right. okay. Man. It has to happen some point. Um. Right. So that is our podcast. This is episode thirty-two. Um, we did take a week off. We will be back, hopefully, in another week. Um, <laughs> apparently, according to this week, there's not much to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe we'll talk. Well, about next that time again. with uh, Cash McCombs, right? Yes. Talk Definitely. About Cash uh, McCombs next week. Next time. 
Next week is Cass McCombs and uh, probably Luke Temple. Have you guys, uh, you guys, fans of uh, Here We Go Magic? No, I'm not very familiar. I'm, I'm not with familiar. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So his last album was actually uh, great, and the name escapes right now. He's got a new album out right now, which the name is. If I can pull it up real quick. Keep keep snapping, Andre. Keep snapping. Uh, good mood, fool. Okay. Yeah. In the hierarchy of Luke's, he comes behind Skywalker and Cage. He does. Um, but he does come in ahead of the writer of the gospel. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. so we've got ne- next week on uh, Chunky Less of the Podcast, Casper Combs with Luke Temple. All right. Nice. Um, Thank you guys for coming by the basement. Paul, thank you for picking up a three-stars growler. Yes. No problem. And I love three-stars. We'll see you next week.